first and foremost, we're going to try to stay on top of our studies, you know, make sure that, that we're all getting uh, as good a grades as we can, you know, having study hall and hitting the books. And then we're going to, we're going to try and play a couple games once we get out of our quarantine for the first day, day and a half and uh, try to have some fun with it. I know we talked about a couple things like hide and go seek uh, throughout the entire hall or laser tag or Mario Kart, whatever it is. I know we're going we're to have some pretty crazy ideas and we're going to have fun with it. It's Alex Barcelo right there. How do you kill time before the NCAA tournament when you're sitting in Indy day after day? DJ PK brought to you in part by the store. Store has grab-and-go meals and hundreds of local products. The store has two locations in Holiday at 6200 South, 2050 East, and at the Gateway Mall in downtown Salt Lake City. That's the store. Killing time, PK. What do you do? Because the Aggies and Cougars have had a lot of time to kill, and they've got more time to kill. I didn't go seek, huh? That's old school right there. That takes you back eight years old, elementary school. Bunch of kids in the neighborhood. Big range of ages. That's the that's the one game everybody can play. Did you play it? Oh yeah. Tons of times. Tons of times. Tons of times. You gotta think how many kids there were. Uh, there were probably about ten kids in our cul-de-sac, and that's someone didn't have a friend over or someone didn't come over from somewhere else in the neighborhood. But just ten kids on that cul-de-sac, and yeah, we played many summer nights hide and go seek. Absolutely, or variations there of cul-de-sac. Yep, Pika, I grew up in a cul-de-sac too. At the edge of, at the edge of town. Mine was kind of the middle of the town, but you know, nobody, nobody to the south. Nobody the East. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what a cul-de-sac was until I moved to Arizona. Jersey, was it all yeah, a grid? I wouldn't have figured that Jersey had many cul-de-sacs. No, I, I literally had never heard of it until I was 14 years old. Is it more a Western Sunbelt thing? As people lay out whole neighborhoods instead of building one at a time? I, I would assume so. Yeah. Because I had never seen one, and I didn't. Even, when I first heard that word, I didn't know what it was. And somebody yeah. saw it's like a circle. Yeah, in a street. I said, "Oh, okay." You get, but I literally never had heard of so that when, word. When you build it, when you build on a big chunk of land, you get more homes and you make more money. They put dead end streets in them. Because my aunt and uncle grew up in one in, and lived when I was growing up. They lived in an older neighborhood in National City, and they didn't have cul de sacs, and people just bought one lot. But the streets, you know, there were long streets that went through, and, and there, but there were no cul-de-sacs around where they were. But that was that neighborhood was like thirty or forty years older, and so. that's desirable—a cul-de-sac. Um, I guess, yes, yeah. I mean, were, you guess you don't have traffic not, in there. Yes, yeah. absolutely, it is. Yeah, but you it's harder. But kids? it's but it's harder to get in and out of. But you're right. As far I, as no, the less not. traffic, that's possible. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> I got one right around the corner. It's no big deal. It was harder for it was harder for us to get in and out. You blocked in by the swap meet, but that's another story. <laughs> Don't share it. I'm not. <laughs> so yes, we played lots of hide and go seek because there were kids that the ten kids ranged in ages by probably like six years. You know, it's there. I mean, what are you going to play that everyone can do? Everybody's out. That was the game. That was it. A spin the bottle. No. Did you ever play spin the bottle? Not at eight. 
Does that mean you played spin the bottle? Yes, once when I was 13. 12. <laughs> 13? 13, I think. I don't know. Junior high. Who, who, who was in the uh, circle? Oh, no, now you want to hear that story. You didn't want to hear the last two stories. No, we want to hear this one, though. <laughs> Nobody you would know. <laughs> Obviously no one random I would Random kids from San Diego. I'll just make up a name. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was an older woman, I mean, my next across the street, Gail. Oh, I won't give you her last name because somebody will go on Facebook and look her up because she is on Facebook. Uh, let me let me just tell you. Oh, fat bottom girls, you make the rockin' world go round. We were killing time. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Did you play hide-and-seek in Jersey or no? Alex Barcelo clearly did. It's on his list. With ammunition. Oh. (laughs) I haven't played paintball. It looks like fun. I haven't done that. It can hurt. Oh, really? It can leave some pretty nasty welts. If you're too close? Yeah. How close is too close? Like if you're in like 10 feet, then it hurts. Uh, Yeah, you can have an open wound from that. If you're at 50 feet, does it hurt? No, it's not as bad. Yeah, but it's also more difficult to be hit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Accuracy goes down the further out you get. I've done the laser tag thing. That was pretty good. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to laser tag in Indianapolis. Because they can't go out, so they're going to right. have to just do it whatever available in the hotel, right? I would think. Yeah. I mean, I'm I think sure there's some real. rentable laser tag gear that they could deliver to the hotel. and I suppose. Have fun. Could you I imagine mean, a bunch of BYU basketball players? Those crazy cougars. Video games. I guess today they can watch tournament games. They'll probably yeah. all watch UCLA, Michigan State. Oh, playing sure. them. Yeah, so that that's the easy part to figure out. Oh, they're getting to the end of the the time period. There yeah. was a time, uh, and these guys get bored. I mean, I've been there. You, you get really bored. Years ago, Majerus was playing. He took his team to play Wake Forest. It's a big game because I think then Wake Forest the next year came out and played on New Year's Eve, or maybe Wake Forest came out first, played on New Year's Eve when Van Horn was a senior. So probably they went when Van Horn was a junior. I think that's what it was, yeah. And they played over Christmas break, and it was on a Thursday. And Majerus, because just face it, man, he didn't have much of a life outside of basketball in the season anyway. And he took the players there on Thursday, or excuse me, on Sunday. So the game's Thursday. He takes them there on Sunday, right? So I check in Wednesday, the hotel, because uh, the game's Thursday, and I check in. But So they'd already been there f- for four days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, third Wednesday, yeah. So I check in, and off to my left is a ping-pong table, and I see – Drew Hansen and Mike Doliak playing ping pong, and they they barely are hitting it, and they're like they're not even paying attention to what they're doing, and they look so bored. And I say, <laughs> "Hey guys, what's going on?" And they just like, "Oh man, we've been here since Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> now this is not like being in the, uh, for the Maui Invitational. <laughs> it's, they were so freaking bored. I mean, I just I can still remember these guys just barely being able to hit the ball because they were just so frustrated having having to be there so stinking early. They were going out of their minds. It was just mind-numbing. Because school's over too, right? Because you're in between the semesters. So you don't even have any schoolwork to catch up on. <laughs> so, like Barcelo said, schoolwork. 
because they still have uh, we probably got a month or so left in the semester, maybe a little bit longer. So I get that you could do some of that stuff, but those guys were just it was. I felt bad for them; they were so bored, and there was no need to leave so early. But that's what he wanted to do. So I would think to this point, these guys got to be going a little stir crazy. Uh, Greg D says, search out the Iona rooms. Rick Pitino always throws the best parties. Oh, that's decent. That's a good line. <laughs> like that? Nice pull. <laughs> Honor code violations everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Honor code violation just walking down the hallway past it. And some of the stuff that happens, of course, Patino has no knowledge of it. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what happens with my assistant coaches who are entertaining recruits that I'm trying to sign. <laughs> Riley, Riley says, I don't even have a response to this. What a freaking odd question, David. <laughs> I put it yeah, out on Twitter. So they it's, think it's real. Me. It's what they said. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. brought it up. I mean, I would assume that they are just – somebody's got the PlayStation and video games. I mean, Joe always talks about how even though they're – they all have to stay in their own rooms because they're worried about contact tracing, so you can't even hang out with your teammates. If your teammates test positive, then even if you're not sick, you're out for a few days. So, But he says they play video games between rooms. I mean, it's, you know, binge watch. Scott, Scott Pageant, the former, uh, former jazz player, had encyclopedic knowledge of all movies because that was how he killed time. Just one movie after another. You literally couldn't ask him about a movie without him knowing about it. Yeah, but I don't think they had this. The NBA players have this level of time because they're on the go. They're moving from city to city, mm-hmm. so uh, that eats up some time. Yeah. It's significantly. I mean, we talked to talk to him because I knew that flight from San Francisco to Boston would just be mind-numbing for those guys. Yeah, they and do he, a lot Joe of flying. That it was. They do a lot of flying, but if you're on the Jazz, you're not doing a lot of coast-to-coast trips. You know, if you're if you're a California team, you might have to start an East Coast trip. Uh, you know, in a Boston or New York or something, so you might have those coast-to-coast, or you end it and you have one coming back. But for the Jazz, you would think the longest flight they have is two-thirds of the country. This was a rarity for them. Yeah, that was highly unusual to start a five-game road trip literally as far as you can go on the west and then as far as you can go on the east. They don't do that in normal seasons. I really thought that was COVID scheduling. They're just wedging games in. But they're they're constantly moving. Like, uh, they'll go – tonight and then they'll take off tonight and go down to Tampa to play the Raptors, which makes sense. Play the Toronto Raptors in Tampa. Of course you would. And so they don't have as much time. These guys at the college level, this whole week is just a massive level of boredom. Now it'll get less if you win because then you have a a one-day turnaround and then we'll have to hear about if BYU wins, how they don't practice on Sunday. And they may not get out on the practice court, but to think they're just going to be reading their Book of Mormons on Sunday all day long, I call BS on that. (laughs) Not buying it. There'll be some video. (laughs) Well, it was a long time ago now, but Bronco used to hand out uh, DVDs, old school technology. DVDs are now old school. Hand out uh, DVDs of the opponent on Saturday as guys left the locker room. Uh, They would, yeah. They they didn't practice on Sunday, and they didn't meet on Sunday, but I'm assuming some guys... Put that DVD in and looked at it. Well, yeah, the coaches did their thing. If you went by, yeah. they, they did. And that's something that I'll never quite understand. But as I sat there and flew with church uh, BYU officials on Sundays, that, that's kind of a gray area. But nevertheless, that's what the... I think this is why the phrase, it is what it is, was invented. It is what it is. Uh, I don't know what... I don't, I, whatever. They can do whatever they want. 
but no worry about that if they should win. Uh, and I think the coaches, they've got some time to kill that they can prepare on their own, prepare to prepare to play if you should win the first game. But they're probably going to have a dogfight in that first game, so uh, we'll worry about that if it comes to that on Sunday. Tricky but, T you know, says they should watch every basketball movie known to man. How many basketball movies have been made? Basketball movies? Space Jam. Space Jam? Is that what we're talking about? Space Jam, Eddie. Well, Hoosiers, obviously. Hoosiers, The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, an old Dr. J movie. Are we about done? Four? Uh, didn't, uh, there was one, I had some friends. Uh, old college roommate was in a movie. They had some extras. He lived out in the valley, San Fernando Valley. And... Uh, they had uh, they needed some people in the bleachers, so he he had his it was it wasn't his girlfriend it was kind of his girlfriend, and she was in acting. She was a uh, played in Happy Days when Fonzie would snap his fingers and the girls would run. She was one of them, right? So anyway, he she got him in to a crowd scene. I want to it was with Gabe. What what was that? The the Cotter guy. What's Gabe his last Kaplan? Name? Yeah. Was it like Fast Break or something? Don't know. Never heard of it. Time, yeah. time for the Google machine to go to work. He and he, and he told me that they, they needed some people in the bleachers to cheer and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and Fast so Break, he, 1979. There you go. He got to do that, uh, and he told me about it. I don't remember a jack about the movie, but I don't, no. the only reason I know is because my roommate in college was in it. So... <laughs> That's how I remember. I don't remember the movie, so it's a basketball. But I think it was it was based around a premise of basketball. And then isn't there some of like uh, Coach Carter, uh, where he goes into inner city yeah, school? Coach and Carter with um, gives him discipline and all that stuff. Samuel L. It's Jackson. Based around basketball. Yeah, it's based around basketball, right? Yep. I left out semi-pro. Yeah. How could I? Oh, Will Ferrell, man. Yeah. What What is wrong with me? The ABA. The Flint Tropics. Well, here's a list of the 20 best basketball movies ever made. So just because I can only list uh, five or six of them doesn't mean that there aren't way more. So there it is. White Men Can't Jump. I left that one out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Celtic Pride. Isn't that where the Jazz get beat by the Celtics in the finals? Yep. Yeah, see, there's more basketball movies. What's the one Billy Crystal? Wasn't he a referee? Forget Paris. I forget the name. Is that the name? I think. I'm not sure. I don't know. I couldn't tell you the name. I yeah. wouldn't be able to recognize it. But I, didn't he play like a referee or something? Yes, he did. You ever hear of Cornbread Earl and Me? Stars Jamal Wilkes, the former Laker, no. the UCLA Bruin, the Santa Barbara Don. Oh, Finding Forrester had a bunch of basketball in it. I don't know there was a basketball movie. See, then you can get into the where there's basketball in it, but it's not really a basketball movie. Was it Sean Connery? That was pretty good. Glory Road. We forgot Glory Road. Don oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Texas Western, nineteen sixty-six. Yeah. 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 And Samuel L. Jackson and anything. Coach Carter, sure. Well, anything except snakes on a plane. But anything other than that, then Samuel L. Jackson. What about the mother bleeping what? <laughs> he got game. You're a big Denzel guy, right? Of course, like most of America. That's why he's got all these. He got that's, game, all, yeah. that's why he's got all these hundred Denzel. million dollar films all over the place. He's box office. 
All right, Certainly so there it is. They got uh, they can watch the basketball movies and kill some time before they watch UCLA and Michigan State tonight. I, I just can't see them playing hide and go seek though <laughs> in a hotel. <laughs> Seems limited options. You'd have to run down the hallway. I was gonna say, I mean, how, where could harms possibly hide? <laughs> well, yeah, but like key cards to get into rooms to hide and that ain't gonna work. I mean, he's seven feet three. You can't hide. Well, in the old neighborhood, he could uh, he could hide behind some trees. You play after Oak dark, trees? it got dark enough, you could literally lay in the grass and people could walk by, on a dark, day, oh, a dark night. Okay. People could walk within 15 feet of you and not know you were there. There was no way your mother, Tanisha James, was letting you out after dark. Get Absolutely. No, nobody buys you're, that. You're Sorry. wrong. You're wrong. You, have no. No, you don't know what you're talking about. Tanisha would let you out? A, that's not my mother's Unsupervised? name. Unsupervised? A, that's not my mother's name. <laughs> Okay, Althea would leave you out. B, there were plenty of summer <laughs> nights we were out after dark. I don't know. I mean, you Kanisha would leave you out after dark. You constructed a nice slash bizarre <laughs> slash fantasy background story for me, which has been entertaining radio at times. So I've just rolled with it. But <laughs> yes. Yes. She would let Dave Boy stay out that late. Oh, no, not way. not just me. She'd let I, I I had brothers two and four years younger than me. So yeah, four years younger than me. Yeah, yeah but you I had was, to look after them. That's she put a true you in story. charge. That's a true. That's story. why you have this A personality where you have to take over everything at all times. Probably that's it's probably that's some, obvious. Some, probably some truth to that. You were in charge yeah. of uh, Al Boy and Eric Boy. I can give you boring stories about that. I got in trouble on consecutive Saturday mornings once because I. <laughs> Once because I got in, Dad just came out just screaming and yelling. He was so mad. Oh, my gosh. Saturday morning. How do you get in trouble Saturday morning? It was easy. My younger brothers <laughs> fought all the time, and I was trying to break it up because I knew I was going to get in trouble because I was the oldest, and I was in charge, like you said. Dad came out, you're the oldest. You should have broken it. I mean, and I, you, I said I was trying to break it up. Bubba, you, you were making the noise, too. You're in trouble. So the next week, they got into it again, scrapping over nothing just because they fought all the time. And so I just sat on the sofa, folded my arms, and didn't, make a, didn't say a word. I was sitting there watching, I don't know, whatever cartoon was on. Uh, and I'm, I'm serious. I'm like seven or eight. I'm, I'm a, oh, I'm I would have put you at 16. And I didn't say a word. And Dad comes out. <laughs> He's like, you're the oldest. You should have broken him up. I got in trouble for breaking him up last week. Hard to believe. Oh, me. you snapped back? I did, and I got in trouble for that too. <laughs> no wonder why you had the contentious relationship with Freddie J. No, no doubt about that. <laughs> started it started early. <laughs> Thank goodness for sports, man. That's where we bonded. That's where we all was on the same page. Well, so sports the, and women. Obviously. That's where the tension. Uh, actually, that's true. I could tell you a story about that too. That it cracked. Oh, you up. please do. Yak will go crazy. <laughs> Yak's already laughing. He hasn't even heard the story. I'll save it for the break. DJ and PK. When we come back, Craig Bullerjack. It's ninety-seven. 5 at 1280 The Zone.